from experience that the 10 a.m. service is the most dynamic, it's the most intelligent, it's the best looking, it's the most attractive, it's the most responsive, faithful service that we have all day. Was I right when I heard that? I I thought so. I thought so. I want to welcome all our guests and visitors who are here today. If you are visiting with us this morning, we're just so honored to have you and pray you have an amazing time. And it's just our joy to host you and have you hang out with us here in church today. We're actually beginning a brand new series this morning that's called Supernatural. Supernatural. And uh, what we want to do is explore over the coming four weeks this whole idea of the supernatural. The world at the moment kind of seems a bit obsessed with the supernatural. When you watch any TV show, any movie, uh, any media, there's this whole idea of the supernatural, something beyond the natural, which just captivates our attention and captivates our hearts and our minds. And I don't know if you know this, but the Bible that you might have in your possession is in and of itself actually quite supernatural. Like there's stories and there's accounts in their Bible that tell of stories of supernatural encounters and supernatural moments and things that can't be explained with national and rationalistic mindsets. You've got to look deeper. There's stories of angels showing up into moments like angels, angelic beings showing up on earth. There's stories of provision and healing and supernatural encounters and speed and strength and, and all these things. I've got to tell you today that the God we worship and the God that we serve is not a natural God. He's not natural. He's not within our time, space, matter kind of realm. He's outside of time, space, and matter. In fact, God is not confined to the natural. God is beyond that. He's above that. He created that. So that must mean he's a bit supernatural. The God we serve is supernatural, friends. He can do what he wants when he wants. He's supernatural. And I believe that that God calls each of us as Christians to live just like him, a supernatural life. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. It says that the Spirit of God, God who God? God, the supernatural God, the God that's outside space, time, and matter, the God who created this world, that Spirit of God, God who is supernatural. What does he live? He resides, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. Wow. That's crazy. That the supernatural God who formed this world, he lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living in you. Friends, the Christian life is a supernatural one. The Christian life is a supernatural one. And I want to do my best this morning to set up this whole series by beginning it exploring what I think is the beginning point of the supernatural life that God intends for us to be a part of. And it starts at this little thing the Bible calls the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk today about supernatural power. I don't know if I'm, I'm the only one excited. I'm like pacing the stage. I'm like walking around in circles going, I can't believe it. This is the most amazing thing. For some of you today, this will change everything. For some of you today, this will, this will literally be the thing that shifts everything in your whole world and realm of thinking, which is going to cause you to live the life that God really intended and desired you to live. Let's explore this. Let, let, me, let me unpack what I mean by supernatural power. In the book of Acts, we see something really interesting take place. Jesus says to his disciples in, in uh, Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, this is after Jesus has uh, died on the cross and been resurrected to life. He says to his disciples, he says, you will receive what? You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, who is the Holy Spirit? Quick theology lesson. Are you ready? 
He's God. Okay, let's move on. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to do what? To be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. And then something even crazier takes place in Acts chapter 2. We pick it up here in Acts 2 verse 1, where what Jesus said was going to happen, that you'll receive power, this thing that he said was going to happen actually does happen. So in Acts chapter 2, you fast forward and it says this, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This moment right here on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 is the culmination of what was promised in the Old Testament that Jesus spoke about in the New Testament. And then we see it take place here in Acts chapter 2 where the Holy Spirit comes and fills the believers and they're filled with a supernatural power. And then what happens is this, then, then Peter gets up, the same Peter that denied Jesus three times to a, a servant girl, the same Peter that's timid, the same Peter that's a mess up in all kinds of ways, that same Peter, after this moment, gets up and he preaches the first gospel message, and he preaches a message with such power that 3,000 people get saved that day. And this is what he said, what a difference, why, what happened? He encountered supernatural power, and, and what the message he preaches, he refers to, he explains what's going on in this moment by referring to what the prophet Joel spoke about. And he says it here in Acts 2.16. This is what was spoken about by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Someone say all. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Young included, old included. No one's excluded here, friends. Doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, how whatever you are. Friends, it's all for you. Your old men will dream dreams, even on my servants, both men and women. Men and women. Everyone's included. I will pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit, power, supernatural power. The word baptism means, uh, comes from the Greek word baptizo, which means simply to fully immerse. Fully immerse. Fully immerse. Fully cooked in the Holy Spirit. Fully cooked, in and out. Fully immersed by the Holy Spirit, and what happened on that day was the birth of the church. The church began from a place of supernatural power, and I believe that power is still available today. In fact, I believe that power is available to every single believer in this room, and I wanna ask two questions, two simple questions, and I don't mean to ruffle some feathers, but ruffle, ruffle. (laughs) Two questions, one, are you saved? Two, are you filled with the power of heaven? First question, are you saved? Do you know Jesus? Because he loves you. God loves you, God made you, he's got a great plan for your life. Do you know him? I'd love to introduce you to him if you don't. But secondly, if you do know him, are you filled with the power of heaven? Are you living a supernaturally empowered life? I believe it's the heart of God and it's certainly our heart as a church that every person in our church be filled with the Holy Spirit. And let me share a few reasons why I believe this to be so. Here's, Here's my thoughts. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you receive power, Jesus says. What's that power to do? First and foremost is this. You receive power to live your calling. You receive power to live your calling. Every one of us, when you say yes to Jesus, steps into the call of God for your life. 
and you receive power to live that calling. One of the things in this world I love the most, this is going to rhyme, is toast. It didn't rhyme in the 8.30, be blessed. I love toast. I love toast better than bread. I feel like toast is a great advancement on bread. I feel like it's the better version of bread. Toast, I love toast. Here's the thing about toast. It needs a toaster. But a toaster, if a toaster's not plugged into power, it's just a fancy bread holder. Toaster needs to be plugged into power. Otherwise, it's a fancy bread holder. Can I say I feel like too many Christians are just bread holders? Too, just, 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 God never designed you to be a bread holder. He designed you to be plugged into a power, supernatural power from the Holy Spirit. So you heat some stuff up, friends. You carry a fire inside of you. You change stuff. You develop stuff. You take something that's ordinary. You make it something extraordinary. Take something natural. You make it supernatural. Yeah, we might get a bit cooked. Yeah, we might get a, get a bit burned around the edges. I'd rather be overcooked than undercooked. I'd rather be overdone in the Holy Spirit than underdone in the Holy Spirit. So there's a supernatural power that's available. Don't be a bread holder. Be a toaster. This is great theology, Joanne. You're a third-year intern. You should know this stuff. See, Jesus says to his disciples, Look, I've got something for you to do. It's called the Great Commission. He says, I'm going to tell you, you're going to go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So they're really, really fast. He says, I've got a job for you to do, but here's what else I want to tell you. Don't leave here until you receive the one I'm sending. He's going to give you power to do what I've asked you to do. See, the primary function of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is to empower you to be a witness for Jesus. It empowers you to live the call that God has for your life. It empowers you to live a life in such a way that where you go and what you do and how you speak, it communicates the love and the grace and the goodness of God. It communicates the cross of Jesus. It communicates God's love for this world. That's what the Holy Spirit does, is it empowers you to live the call that God has for your life. Recently, I got dumped for the second year in a row with being the coach of my son's football team. The major problem with this is that I don't play football. I've never played football, like soccer football. I've never played it. I've never really watched it. I don't know the first thing about coaching football, yet here I am again. The coach of, it's a premier grade team. Like, pray for these kids, people. I have no experience. I have no knowledge. I have no idea what I'm doing. I've got, I've got nothing to offer this team of my own natural ability that's going to help them in any way. Friends, when God calls you into the call he has for your life, it's going to be beyond your ability, beyond your knowledge, beyond your experience. It's going to be far beyond what you could do in your own natural ability. And you're going to need some supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to fill you, to enable you to do what God is calling you into, friends. You're going to sit you and go, but I can't, I have not, I don't not, I, don't, I know not. That's fine because he knows and he does and he can and he will and he's able. And when you receive him, you receive everything you need to do what God's called you to do. You're preaching real good, Steve. Thanks. <laughs> Supernatural power to live your calling. When you receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you receive power, number two, to move in gifts. You receive power to move in gifts. Have you ever received a gift that you opened in front of the giver and wondered to yourself, what the heck am I going to do with this? It's a very awkward moment. Might be birthday, Christmas, something like that. Family's around, someone gives you a gift, you're like excited because it's a gift. And you open it, 
and you go, wow. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> wow, it's just, just thank, it's all I can say is thank you. It's all I can say, it's just wow. And then when they leave your house, you look at your spouse and go, what are we gonna do with this? Where are we gonna keep this? We don't have room for this. What were they thinking when they got me this? The gift you never really needed or wanted. On the contrast, have you ever received a gift that after having that gift for a while, you wonder what you ever did without it? Like, how did I live without this thing? Just the other day, I got gifted a biltong maker. Listen, I, I, I thank God every day for South Africans. Every day I'm on my knees, Lord, thank you for the Africans. Thank you so much for them and their ability that you granted them to dry meat in a delicious and long-lasting way. Many of you know my love affair I have with uh, Biltong. And uh, since receiving said gift of Biltong Maker, I've pretty much cooked half a cow. Uh, that thing has been running 24-7. I've made so much biltong, my friends. Like, it's, it's been the most amazing thing. I, now I'm looking at it going, I can't even remember what I used to eat before I had the biltong. Like, what did I snack on? It's like, I can't even understand what life would be like or what life was like before I had the biltong maker. Friends, when you receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it unlocks the gifts of God. And when you receive the gifts of God on your life, you wonder, how did I ever live this life without them? How did I ever function? How did I ever serve God? How did I ever do what God called me to do without this gift? I'm so thankful for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are there and they are unlocked via the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they enable, they're there to equip you and help you to do what God's called you to do. They're gifts that will empower you to do what God's lifted you up to do. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, no, jumping 40 bit into verse number five or six, says this. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one... There's given the gift through the Spirit, a message of wisdom. Just backtrack a little bit. It says there, Spirit is given for the what? The common good, not the, not the solo good. The gifts that you receive from God are not just for you. They're for everybody else. The gifts you receive from God are there so that you can use that gift to serve somebody else so that their life would be better and empowered and built up and going further in the kingdom of God and the things of God in their life, not yours. That's the primary function of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, not to make you look cool but to build other people up. There's one that's given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between Spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He Determines. I believe every single believer, every single Christian should discover their God-given gifts by the Holy Spirit. And listen, we've got something set up that is exactly that to help you discover that, and it's called the growth track. And it's kicking off in two weeks' time. And if you're sitting here and you don't understand or know what gifts God's placed on your life, then we would love to help you discover them. They'll be our joy. Go find them. Don't only discover what they are, but we'll help you align with an area to serve based on your gifts and your passions and all the things that God's placed in you so that when you use those gifts, you're serving someone else and you're coming alive and lives are being transformed and changed as a part of the process. It's God's plan for your life. It's what He wants you to do. Do the growth track. Like Paul said, I desire, Paul says, I desire that everyone should speak in tongues. Can I tell you, I have that same desire. 
I desire that everyone should speak in tongues. I desire that that's a gift that I, I, I pray that everyone would receive and everyone would have. Why? Because it's been such a good gift for me. It's been such a helpful gift to me. It's been a gift that where I don't know what to pray, the Spirit enables me to pray. When I don't know what to say, then the Spirit will pray. For, uh, my Spirit just takes over. The gift of God takes over. I can pray. It bypasses my brain, and my brain is confusing. My brain has all kinds of tangents and rabbit holes and all kinds of lanes going all kinds of ways. And when I can't think and I can't focus, the Spirit, I can pray in the Spirit. I can pray with the gift of the Holy Spirit, and I can pray in tongues. And that is a direct, powerful prayer between me and God. It bypasses my brain. No, there's no Steve confusion in the mix. It builds up my spirit. It edifies my spirit. It's an incredible gift. And I pray everyone would have it. Friends, I've seen the supernatural power of God move. I've seen miraculous healing by the power of God. I've seen words of knowledge and prophecy and things come. And all of it has contributed to build the kingdom of God and give God glory. The gifts of God will help you do what God's called you to do. And you'll wonder what you ever did without them. You wonder what, how you ever lived without them. Can I add one note of caution? Don't chase the gifts. Seek the gift giver. Don't chase the gifts, seek the gift giver. If you chase gifts all around the place, you'll chase it to all kinds of weird and wonderful places. Don't chase the gifts, seek the gift giver, and he will give the gifts that he deems appropriate for your life and for my life. As we work in those for the glory of God to serve other people, God will do something incredible in our midst. As we finish this morning, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you receive power to, number three, bear fruit. You receive power to bear fruit. The book of Galatians uh, says this in chapter 5, verse number 22. It says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. There is no law against these things. I had to ask my son as I was writing notes on this, like, What are the fruits of the Spirit again, buddy? Because they have a song. See, that, the Bible says that the fruit, the evidence of the, the Holy Spirit is that you produce that kind of fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Here's what I want to say. If you're a Christian today, if you're a follower of Jesus, maybe you're a a churchgoer, maybe you've been a churchgoer for a long time, maybe you have given your life to Him. If you're a follower of Jesus, but your life hasn't changed, if, you, if you're following Jesus, but you're still stuck in old ways, old sin, old life, if you've never got beyond that stuff, can I suggest today that you need the Holy Spirit? Because when you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, you receive power to bear the kind of fruit that's in line with the Holy Spirit. You begin to exhibit in your life not sin and not lack and not all those things, that old dead life that you used to have. And so many Christians I meet, they, they love God, but they're stuck in old life. And I'm like, man, if you just had the Holy Spirit, you begin to produce fruit. See, you can have gifts of the Spirit, you can have all kinds of great gifts from God. All that tells me is how good God is, not how good you are. A gift is just communicating to me stuff about the giver. It doesn't communicate anything about you. The gift is from God. It's, if you've got a gift from God, all that tells me is that God is gracious. 
Not that you're good. It just tells me God is good and God is gracious. But if you have fruit, it tells me that you're connected to the one that's gracious. See, the fruit is the evidence of connection. A branch cut off from a tree doesn't bear fruit. A branch connected to the tree, that bears fruit. So you might have a gift. Like Paul says, you, you might be able to do all, speak in tongues of men and angels, but if you don't love, it's nothing. Why? Because love is the evidence of connection. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So you can have all kinds of amazing gifts, but if, you don't, if you're not connected, there's a problem. You might have a gift. It's the evidence that God's been gracious to you. But a fruit says you're connected to the one who's gracious. And if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, but you're still stuck in your old life, can I encourage you? There is a power, a supernatural power, that's available to you today. By the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you can be connected to Him. And the evidence of that is transformation. Things begin to change. The fruit of your life becomes to be love, not hate. Joy, not sorrow. Peace, not turmoil. Patience, not irritation. Kindness, not bitterness. Goodness, not evil. Faithfulness, not deceitfulness. Gentleness, not anger. Self-control, not rashness. Supernatural power. The Christian life, friends, is a supernatural one. It's not a natural life. It's a supernatural life. Power to live your calling. Power to move in the gifts of spirit. Power to bear fruit. And I don't know who you are, I don't know where you come from, but I desire at the start of the Supernatural series that every one of us would step into that supernatural life, live with a supernatural power, empowered by the Holy Spirit. At the end of our service today, we're gonna have a bunch of amazing people who are um, gonna be down the front here, and they would love nothing more than to pray with you and for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, to unlock the gifts of God in your life, to begin to live with the kind of fruit in your life that evidences that you're connected to the one who is gracious. And if you're sitting here today and you, you've never received that, I wanna encourage you to come at the end of the service, right at the end, when everything's done, you can come. They're here, they're loving, they're wonderful people, they're gentle, they will, that will be their joy to pray for you. Maybe you're here and you've been filled with the Spirit before, but maybe you leaked. You now sometimes you leak a little bit. Like car leaks a bit of oil, gotta keep topping up the oil. Sometimes it's a bit like that with the, the Holy Spirit. It's getting a top up. Maybe you need a top up today. Get that fire back in your heart. Don't be a, don't be a bread holder. Be a toaster. Don't be okay with be fancy holding bread. Let's transform stuff. Let's change stuff. Let's get a fire of God in us. Some of you today, the old stuff of your life, it's like when you receive the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's just gonna burn that stuff away. You'd be like, wow, I don't, I don't struggle with that anymore because it just got burnt up because the fire of God came in your life. I'd love to invite you to do that at the end of the service. But I wanna extend one more invitation this morning. And I, I actually believe the single most supernaturally powerful moment in anyone's life is the moment where you make a divine exchange with God. It's an exchange where you take your sin, your brokenness, your guilt, your shame, all your dysfunction, all your mess, your dead life, and you exchange it for God's grace, His love, His forgiveness, and a brand new life that He offers you.
That's the single most supernaturally powerful moment you'll ever experience when you receive the grace of God for your life. And I'd love to extend an invitation today for anyone in this room that doesn't know Jesus. If you're here and you don't know him or you're far from him today, to come and encounter that supernatural moment with God where you exchange death for life, old for new, sin for free. I want to invite everyone in this room to take a moment just to close your eyes and bow your heads if you wouldn't mind. I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus but you want to, or maybe you're here today and you're far from God and you need to get right with Him, I want to invite you to pray this prayer too. The truth is, friends, that God loves you. God made you. We all mess up in sin and our sin, it separates us from God. God in His amazing grace sent His own Son, Jesus, to a cross. And when He died on that cross, He took upon Himself what you and I would do for our sin. And He extends to all of us today, not judgment or condemnation, He extends to us His grace, forgiveness for all of your wrong, your guilt, your shame, gone. And He gives you a new life that begins right here, right now. You get born again by the Spirit of God and you can be filled today with the power of heaven. You get to walk into some great plans that God's got for you. He's got plans for your life, friends. You're not an accident. And you receive this great promise of eternity in heaven with Him. This life is not the end of the story. There's a greater picture that you're a part of and it's called eternity. And if you're here today and you don't know Him and you want to, I want to invite you now to pray this prayer with me. I'm going to pray this out loud, but you don't have to pray it out loud. You just pray it with me in your heart. But when you pray it, I want you to mean it with everything you've got. I want you to make this your prayer. Are you ready? Say these words. Say, God, today, I surrender my life to you. I know that I've sinned. I know that I've messed up. But I believe, Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn from my old way and I turn to you. I ask that you would forgive me of all of my wrongs. Come into my life. Make me brand new today. I choose from this moment to live for you in Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and head bowed, I want to give you an opportunity to let me know that you prayed that prayer and I want to ask you to do something really brave. If you're here today and you prayed that prayer, I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I want you to be real brave right where you are. And I want you to put your hand up nice and high. Now, I'm not doing that to embarrass you. I'm not doing that to call you out or stand you up. All I want to do is acknowledge that you've prayed that prayer. I'll see your hand and you can pop it straight back down. We're so proud of you. We think this is the most amazing thing you could ever do. Are you ready? Be bold. Be brave. On the count of three. One, two, three. Hands up nice and high saying, Steve, that's me. Yes, God bless you. God bless you over there too. That's amazing. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me. On the Mizzy, I see you, my man. I see you. That's incredible. Down the back over there, I see you too. Awesome. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me. Count me in. Count me in. I want in. Amazing. Yeah, my man, I see you right on the front of the mezzanine. I see you, buddy. Incredible. You can put your hand down now. That's it. Awesome. God, we thank you so much for every single person that just said yes to following you. I thank you that new life has come to them, that the old is gone and the new has come. I bless them now in the name of Jesus. And we as a church, we celebrate now with all heaven as lost loved ones have come back to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for those people that said yes this morning.